Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, here we go. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being along for the ride. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. You want to be part of the show, you can do so on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. Bull, there's a lot of it in wireless, but C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. So here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, period. Unlimited talk and text with 10 gigabytes of high-speed data. Just $45 per line with auto pay and paperless billing. Without auto pay, only $50. How's that for fine print? No bull. That's the real deal. Switch today at cspire.com slash real deal. Love to hear from you. Again, the number is 601-879-4395. Wherever you are, we hope that you had a nice weekend. If you are a dad or you were celebrating a dad, hope it was a good Father's Day weekend. Brian, hey, Dad. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Hope you guys had a good Father's Day. Is the uh, it was the Batman shirt a Father's Day gift? You know that it was. There you go, wearing it right out of the gate. All right. So yeah. uh, what'd you do? How was Father's Day? I was great. I, I didn't do anything. I I allowed myself to be doted upon, and it was fantastic. And and they doted on you. They did. Multiple meals. Two meals. You you, you had said you were hopeful for two. So what'd you end up eating? Uh, we had uh, breakfast with French toast with three meats. Three and, meats? Uh, yeah. Bacon, sausage, and what? Bacon, breakfast, sausage, and smoked sausage. Oh. It was great. There you go. And then uh, she and made then you uh, skipped uh, lunch and had dinner? Yeah, we had uh, some sort of Cajun chicken and sausage pasta. It was great. Nice. Very, very good. good. Michael Borky, your very first Father's Day? Yeah, it was a really good one. Had... Uh, something called a man cake, man cakes. And it was pancakes but made with cornmeal. And so they mm-hmm. had kind of like a cornbread type consistency and flavor to them. And there was like bacon and all that kind of good stuff inside of them. And you still put syrup on top. Uh, they were incredible. And uh, then we spent most of the day, just uh, the three of us, and very fulfilling day. One of the more fulfilling days of my life, to be honest with you. I'm sure they're not going to be all that special, but uh, he's right at the perfect age where he's just now starting to show affection and, and things like that. So it's it's been a really cool last few days, and then that just was icing on top of it all. Very, very cool. We um, kind of hung out yesterday morning, went and saw Jane's dad, and uh, kids were great to me. We went and had uh, kind of a lunch brunch as a uh, family, and everybody everybody went to the golf course. We at, uh, at one point, we had two golf carts with one-and-a-half golfers, um, and there were, there were six of us between two golf carts. So uh, all three of my kids and Jane and uh, my mom came along, and Obi played a little bit. I, I, you want to talk about fulfilling, Borky? 
I've never pushed athletically my kids to do anything. I want them to try as much as they want to and figure out what they like, and then we'll kind of go about it from there. No pushing for travel ball, or we got to go play you know, four or five different sports at the same time. But Obi, Ava Montgomery's decided that she likes tennis, and I think I've told you that Obi has decided he likes golf. And all of a sudden, he's hitting the ball. I mean, it's gone from just like, you know, you kind of swing it like it's a, a hockey stick when you're yeah. on the green to he's actually putting. And I, I, let's see. Normally, we'll just tee it up from like, you know, 100, 150 yards out in the fairway and let him play. But I was playing a par four that was about, oh, from the red tees, it was probably, oh, I don't know, 290, 300. I was like, hey, why don't you play the whole hole from here? He's like, I don't know if I want to do that. I was like, come on, man. So he does. <laughs> and he was at the edge of the green in three shots. Nice. I was so proud. So the uh, the first one, he's seven. Uh, wow. He hit three wood, three wood, three wood. Yeah, he's got the, the youth-sized club. So the first one, he kind of got it up in the air and pulled it a little bit. And the second one, he hit a worm burner. But it was one of those good worm burners where you get away with it, and it <laughs> rolled about 75 yards. Of course, it was good and dry. And then for his third shot, put a good, smooth swing on it, got it airborne, and it went, I promise it went 100 yards. And I could not. There is nothing awesome. that could have happened yesterday that made me prouder than that. It's just like. And he like had the, he looks up and he's got his visor on the biggest ear to ear smile and it was just super super cool so good Father's Day weekend uh, all the way around hope you had a good one as uh, as well we've got winners and losers coming up today in the four o'clock hour you may have something from your Father's Day weekend that you think qualifies as a winner we would love to talk about it because there's going to be plenty of heavy and serious and whatnot to get to this afternoon I know hey dad. And I know you wanted to go a different direction. And Borky and I even talked earlier today about, hey, are there some sports directions we can go? And the answer is yes, there are. And I said to him at about 11 o'clock, maybe 12 o'clock earlier today, but the, the flag story isn't going away. We've got to continue to talk about it. And then about 1.30, the price of poker went up significantly. Significantly. This is what we've been talking about for, for a couple of weeks now. I mean, whether or not you, you agree or disagree with the method, but it's happened at multiple places. I mean, Iowa football I, players got their strength coach fired because they felt that he established a culture of mistreatment, and after investigation they found that those players' claims were founded on some kind of reality, and he's no longer the strength coach. Uh, Oklahoma State players uh, – did whatever they did internally in the culture of their program by speaking out, and this is going to continue happening. Uh, Clemson players are getting names changed on their campus. Uh, It's happening. And so players are more empowered than ever, and it was just a matter of time before that started happening around here. I I have floated an idea in a number of different settings about what we're going to hear from. And I didn't float exactly the way that it has happened, but I just decided, you know what, we're just going to sit back and see what happens. Because I didn't want to be labeled as the person who, oh, Richard brought this idea to the mainstream and now here it goes. I didn't necessarily want to wear that label, but it felt like it was inevitable. Two hours ago, Kylan Hill who, by the way, Cole Kubelik released the top five running backs in the SEC list over the weekend. 
And he had Kylan Hill as the number one running back in the SEC. He was slash is going to be a preseason first team all SEC running back. He's the best running back in the SEC. Najee Harris is in the conversation. Jerry and Ely may get some votes, but not as a first team guy. It's Kylan Hill's badge to wear. And he tweeted this. In response to a Tate Reeves tweet about the separate but equal flag option, adopting a second flag for the state of Mississippi, but not necessarily getting rid of the first flag. That that, 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 that idea is floating around, and there are people that think it is a good one, may tell you more than you want to know about some of the thought processes that are happening in the legislature. Just saying. So Kyle uh, Kylan Hill, in response to Tate Reeves' tweet earlier today, said, either change the flag or I won't be representing this state anymore. And he did the 100 with two underline emoji, uh, underlines under it emoji. I'm not sure exactly. I guess that's 100% keeping it real. Yeah, the, the, think, in that it, context, that means I'm, I'm being honest. The, yeah. He said, and I mean that. Actually said, I meant that. I think he's saying, I mean that. And then he said, I'm tired. Arguably... Mr. Haydad. Yes. Maybe it's inarguable because we haven't seen KJ Costello's play yet. Right. The best player on Mississippi State's football team just said, change the flag or I'm not playing. Yeah. That that is exactly what seems to have happened. Um, And I I don't think he'll be the the last one. There's already been another one from Mississippi State. Marcus Murphy has said he stands with Kylan Hill. So, you know, a little movement happening here in Starkville. I would be really surprised if in the next day or so there's not some some players from Oxford, some players from Hattiesburg who decide to make uh, similar statements. You know, this is the that's their bargaining power. That's that's you know young African American males in this state. They have that power. People want football. Well, they need Kylan Hill and and, and other players to get it. They, that's if that's how they have to affect change. That's what they're going to have to do, I guess. First text we get in response to this is, well, hit the damn road. Of course. And you know what? I had a, there were a few of those directed at me last week. There was a, you're a Yankee, Richard. There was a, why don't you move to New York? There was a, why don't you leave? Well, no. I, I thought about that, and I just read them and had no reaction to them last week, and, and that's fine. And I continue to say that you're entitled to your opinion. You certainly have that free speech opportunity. But I think I'm just going to turn this back around on you and say, no, why don't you hit the damn road? Instead of telling Kylan Hill to leave because he's standing up for what he believes in or telling me to leave because you don't agree with what I'm saying, I'll just turn it back on you. No, I don't, I don't like what you're saying. Why don't you leave? No, you leave. No, you leave. Oh, this is a real grown-up way to go about this conversation, isn't it? Well, why don't you leave? But that's your immediate reaction. It's not, let's have a serious discussion. Let's not, here's another one. Let them quit. Who cares? The people of Mississippi voted to keep the flag. There are a lot of people that care, friend. A lot. The Confederates quit. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thank you for being with us on this Monday. 
All right, hey, Dad, so in terms of, uh, of Mississippi State, the community, the fans, whatnot, what's been the reaction that you have seen or heard so far from the uh, Kylan Hill tweet from a couple of, uh, of hours ago? A lot of support and, of course, you know, some people who aren't going to take it that way. Um, I know that from a uh, MSU football player perspective, I mentioned uh, Marcus Murphy, Brandon Cunningham, who's a redshirt freshman offensive lineman, has also tweeted support. Former MSU linebacker, now Seattle Seahawk, K.J. Wright, has tweeted some support at, at Kylan. If you look through his mentions, obviously there's some that will make you cringe, but there most of it is, you know, hey, you're doing what you feel is right, and, and that's the way it's, it's going to be. Looking at message boards, it, it's... It's probably 60-40 positive, you know, and the, the, the ones who are negative are very loud about it. But I think for the most part, uh, people understand where he's coming from. If the message boards in Twitter are 60-40 positive, that means reality's probably more like 80-20. Yeah, probably so. And for the – when people say if they don't like it, they can get out, uh, that's exactly what he's saying he's going to do. I mean, he's saying out loud, I don't like it and I will get out. And then what are you left with? In the, the short term, in the macro, Mississippi State's left without a superstar running back, a guy that could take that team and move that offense and lead them to another trip to a bowl game. Well, what happens if he leaves and uh, the guy behind him's not as good and they don't win as many games and they miss out on a bowl game? Well, there's an economic loss for you right there. But then what happens if Kylan Hill doesn't like it and he gets out? It makes it harder for you to go get the next Kylan Hill. The next elite-level football player who was told, you don't like it, get out, he says, okay, because nothing changed, and then it's harder for you to get that player. And then your football program starts getting worse and worse, and you can't recruit anymore, and suddenly it actually harms you. So that that mindset that if you don't like it, get out, that's that's exactly the problem. People don't like it. They are getting out, and they're not coming back. The brain drain is a real thing for a reason, not necessarily because of the flag, but people aren't liking things, and they are getting out, and it is hurting you. And in this case, it will hurt you too. What if the next running back agrees with Kylan Hill, and he decides to go? And here's the thing. We all saw what the NCAA did on, on Friday. Don't tell me that any of these players would have any kind of trouble whatsoever 100%. getting a waiver yep. if they decide to hit the portal. They'll be eligible. Somebody tweeted, oh, he should lose this, or texted us, he should lose his scholarship. Well, no. You think? Of course he'll lose his scholarship, and then he'll transfer somewhere else and rush for 1,000 yards for them and then head to the NFL. Here's what Mississippi State will not do to Kylan Hill. They will not take his scholarship away. No, under no circumstances would they. They, they will do everything they can to get him on the field this fall. Uh, let's see. Bunch of texts coming. I don't want to necessarily pick and choose on these, but I want to try and pick some that are um, kind of applicable to exactly where we are in the conversation. Ron in Columbus says he'll better be entering the transfer portal then because I don't think the flag will be changed this year. I think most politicians want the people to vote on it, and right now I don't think they have the votes for it. Also, I'm kind of tired of athletes thinking they can dictate to others that it's their way or... It got kind of cut off there at the end. I mean, basically saying their way or the highway. Well, but they have that kind of power now, though. That's that's what what people really need to understand here is is Kylan Hill is not going to be the only one. Athletes have now started to realize uh, what 
their actions, what their talents actually bring. I mean, we talk all the time, right, of how dependent Oxford and Starkville and, and Hattiesburg and college towns all over the country are on football, most especially, to survive. It, look at what has happened to the University of Alabama since Nick Saban has been there. Winning football games has helped the university, like the, the academic side of things, more so than they ever could have organically. Athletes are now starting to realize that, hey, wait a second, I've, I've got value here. I, I, what, what I say matters because if these people don't have me, these people in some cases don't have a job, let alone have a multi-million dollar job and, and all these nice facilities and buildings and all this stuff. They build those on our backs. And that awakening has happened. And even if you agree with it or disagree with the method, but this is just the beginning of athletes knowing that they can do this now. And you you can hate it or love it. It doesn't matter because Kylan Hill's not alone. In fact, he's only inspiring more people to be like him. And more of these things are going to happen because they know without them, some people, for lack of a better term, are, are kind of screwed. They're in big trouble here. So this is just the beginning. It's too bad you don't pay the players. Then you could just show up and tell them, hey, you got to be at work. Let's <laughs> see here. We've got, um, got a lot of dissenting opinions coming in on the C Spire text line. Greg says, I guess this is probably directed to me, Richard, you really don't understand. Good way to start. It's not the flag. It's controlling our lives and our speech. It won't end with the flag. It will be something else after they get that. Mm-hmm. The people voted. Sports isn't everything. You just a liberal with the power of a radio station. Let them quit. The country can make it with sport. With I think he means without sports, but he typed the country can make it with sports. Can your radio program, Greg? Oh yeah, he corrected without. There we go. It says the country can make it without sports. Can your radio program? There are large we'll portions see. of this state we that have for cannot. the last four months. That, that's the thing, though. I mean, on, this may be a bit hyperbolic, but if football does not happen at all, what happens to Mississippi this year? If there is no football this fall, what happens to the state? Forget Oxford and Starkville. The state, what happens if there's no football at all? I was told earlier today that the economic impact of one baseball regional weekend in Oxford or Starkville, actually I was told Starkville or Oxford, is between three and five million dollars. That's baseball. That's for that is for you know one weekend. So you know you're generally talking about what three nights of hotels being full, and you're talking about baseball, where you pull in ten to twelve thousand a game, eight to eight to twelve thousand a game for for the games that Ole Miss or Mississippi State is playing in. I would say for a football weekend, multiply that number by conservatively five. So you go 15 to 25 million, and then multiply that number by seven. So let's just say $140 million to the local economies of Oxford and Starkville. There is an economic impact in Hattiesburg. It's smaller than it would be in those other two places. 
But let's play it out a little farther. Let's talk about the fact that uh, if you don't have two SEC football programs, powerhouse or not, football programs, you are a less attractive school option. And so instead of having twenty-three to 25,000 on-campus students, spread across multiple campuses, but on-campus students, let's say that number uh, goes down by, I don't know, 20% the first year. And then it kind of continues to do that. So your overall student populations go down. You are producing fewer graduates, some of which stay in the state. Many of the best and brightest leave the state. Um, You are creating less revenue. You are creating more dependency on the state of Mississippi to fund your colleges and universities versus them being semi-self-sufficient. There already is a, a specific amount of money that comes from the state to help support the universities. We're getting a a message here that says the world doesn't revolve around sports. Yeah, you're you're right. That's why I'm explaining this the way I am. Chris in Oxford says, geez, guys, you are smarter than this. There's always going to be something that somebody doesn't like. That's life. You can't just change everything in the world because one group doesn't like it. Are you looking around? Do you see what's happening in the United States and in the world? I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. You, every time somebody likes something, you can't just go out and change it. Every time somebody dislikes something, you can't just go out and change it. But if you don't see the movement that is happening in the United States right now, away from Things that are deemed to be racist, whether or not that's their intention or not, stuff's changing. There's one state out of the 50 in these United States that has a Confederate flag symbol on its state flag. Well, Richard, what about Alabama? What about Georgia? What about when you and the other kid both broke the same rule and you're the one that got caught? Did it work for you when you said, yeah, but he did it too? Fix your own stuff. Quit worrying about everybody else. we got to fix us. Now. Today. Bunch of text. Kind of lost interest when the childish comment was made about the Confederates quitting. Seems like someone there wants this to be a whizzing contest, so please don't get your panties in a wad if someone else stoops to that level of conversation in a return text. That was you, Haydad. That was childish? I thought it was just truthful. Jeff in Oxford says, saying only 40% of the state wants to change the flag so we shouldn't change it is like saying only 40% of the houses in our neighborhood are on fire so we shouldn't call the fire department. Jim in the Delta, wow, I was wrong, Richard. I gave you the benefit of the doubt, but you just said that anything should be removed when it is perceived by some as racist, whether or not it's really racist at all. I don't think that's exactly what I said, but if that's how you took it, okay. The bottom line is the Confederate battle flag emblem that is part of our state flag is universally... No, 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 that's not fair. That's not fair. Universally would mean everyone. By a majority of people globally, the Confederate battle flag is seen 
and identified as a symbol of racism, hatred, and bigotry. And it is seen that way on the almost the same level as the Nazi swastika. So hear what I said, though, because last week I made that comparison and somebody was like, you just called Mississippians Nazis. No, I did not. I didn't then and I'm not now. I'm talking about how a symbol is perceived. Somebody's arguing with me about the economic impact, and I kind of spelled it out, and he said, but you said for a single regional game, not a weekend series. No, I said for regionals, for hosting a regional. The economic impact of hosting a regional, I was told, I didn't commission the study myself, but it came from someone who needed that information handy, and it came from someone based in Starkville, who was led to believe that it was a comparable number for Oxford was 3 to $5 million. And then we tried to extrapolate what that might mean for football. It seems as you guys are trying to force... Look, I'll read stuff, but it's got to be in, like, coherent sentences. I'm for changing the flag. However, players could not be, uh, should not be holding the state hostage. Boosters can control that by not donating money. Money talks and BS walks. Guess what? An overwhelming majority of the big money boosters. I'm not talking about every single person that gives money to a university. I'm talking about the people that make large, large contributions are for changing the flag. Uh, let's see here. Change the flag. We need these guys representing us. Hail State. You probably won't read this on the air because you don't want to say what's right because you're scared of losing your job. That's all, Rutchard. He's talking, He's talking about, about the previous text you, he sent. You don't want to this read was that it. on the air. Oh, okay. Huh? Go ahead. These aren't my words. Oh, you're right. I wish this he guy says. Gave I us want to name. know when Caucasian people. Yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what. You say I won't read it all on the air. I've got this. I've got it bookmarked. You send me your name and you attach your name and where you're from to it, like I do every single day, sitting behind this microphone, and I will read word for word the racist text message you just sent that you said I will not read on the air. You give me your name and where you're from, and I am more than happy to read it. You bigot. Word for word, I will read it. Tell me who you are and where you're from. And if you don't want to do it that way, I can just give out your phone number. It's right here. doesn't have a name attached to it, just your phone number in North Mississippi. Did you commission a study to say that big donors want the flag change? No, I've talked to multiple athletics directors in the state of Mississippi who said that they have had conversations with their biggest donors who want it changed. It's not scientific. Maybe they were lying to me. They realized that... It, they, and that was from Roger and Ryanzi. Thank you, Roger. They know what's at stake. I mean, they're investing so much of their money into the programs, they know that without this change, their money will go to waste. 
will be not used as efficiently as it could be because they will be fighting battles that they don't need to be fighting. Uh, those kind of people have a pretty good gauge of what the programs they invest so heavily in need to be successful at the highest level. And we've had a few texts that say it's bigger than sports. Maybe it is, but one, we are a sports show, and two, sports are very, very important to this state. I can't tell you the number of living rooms I've gone in where there's been some form of painting or picture that say we have two religions in this house, Christianity and football, or something like that. Jesus and football. It's a it's a huge deal for this state, economically and, and emotionally otherwise. So if you think that if that's the choice you made, and hey, dads, I haven't listened to your podcast yet today, but your title was basically you have a choice. If you want to keep that flag up, know that it has a direct detriment to your universities and the athletic teams that represent them. There is a direct detriment, and you can hate it and disagree with it and don't think it should and think that cancel culture is a joke and we're all sensitive and Kylan Hill needs to just get over it because he signed with Mississippi State and that was the flag when he signed, so just get over it or get out. You can think all of those things while also understanding that keeping this will have a direct negative impact on those schools and the teams in which represent those schools. That is an undeniable, inarguable fact. And so you have to decide, keep it and hurt your schools or get rid of it and help your schools. That's it. The, 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 the idea that, well, this was the flag when he signed there. You know, people are allowed to have a breaking point. All right, Everybody's got one. Everybody's there's there's only so much crap people are willing to take. Eventually, everybody gets fed up with it. Kylan Hill got fed up today, and he's allowed to do that. He's allowed to, to say no more. Still waiting, by the way, for a name in hometown so I can read this text verbatim. All right, so David in Oxford makes probably a pretty good point. He says, "I want the flag to change." But this conversation is getting too personal. You're right, David. I let a couple of texts that came in that were directed at me that were dripping with overt racism bother me. And probably I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't let them bother me. But let me tell you why it bothers me. It bothers me because I don't believe that's what the state of Mississippi is. I don't believe we're a state that is filled with racist or with racism and hatred and bigotry. I don't think that's what we are. You you've heard me say and I, I hope and I'm going to say it again in case you haven't. I would put race relations, the relationships that exist between blacks and whites in the state of Mississippi, up against the relations that exist in any state. Because we've been dealing with our own history for well over a hundred years right now. And at times it has been ugly. and times it's been incredibly ugly. But you know what? We've got a heck of a lot to be proud of. A heck of a lot to be proud of in the last 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years. A lot to be proud of. The hospitality state, the food, the culture, the music. 
our sports teams, our kids that are growing up. All of these things are, are what I'm proud of in the state of Mississippi. And so, David, you say I've allowed it to get personal. And you're right. I have. Because I'm scared to death of what not changing this is going to look like for us as a state. And, and a lot of people are saying, you know, there, there's, more, there's more to it than just sports. You're right. There is more to it than sports. It's about industry. It's about business. It's about keeping our best and brightest high school graduates in the state of Mississippi to go to our universities. It's about keeping our college graduates in the states to work. It's about continuing to grow as people and being kind and caring about others. That's what I care about. It's not that I care about stealing something that is precious to you from a historical standpoint. I understand that that for many there's a great sense of pride in having ancestors that fought for what they believed was a noble cause. And and were willing to give their life for what they believed to be right. History has told us it was not a noble cause. It was not right. And ultimately it comes down to the stigma that is attached to that Confederate battle flag, and it's just got to go away. They were looking for me when I came to. Jake in Madison says, Listeners, the flag has no bearing on things eternal. Let it go. Or some would argue that that statement is not entirely accurate, Jake. Um, I do want to read this um, because I want to emphasize this again. I appreciate Ross's text. Uh, he says, my name is Ross Brown and I'm not racist, but you need to get real with calling people Nazis. My ancestors were so Richard, my ancestors were just like the Nazi Germans. And here was my response to Ross. I want to make sure that he got it in case he's not still listening. I did not call your ancestors or anyone else Nazis, but I won't back down from my stance that the Confederate battle flag is viewed by much of the world in the same way the German swastika is viewed, as a symbol of hate, prejudice, bigotry, and oppression. I appreciate your response, Ross. Is it... I've seen a few people text about this. Uh, now, they're frustrated with, with the method. And, and I actually agree with them. I, I podcasted about this this morning. I do not like that the NCAA has decided to take it upon themselves to punish people who have nothing at all to do with it. And it, maybe that's the only way they feel like there's going to be change or whatever, but I really don't like the fact that uh, when you look at the, the campuses, uh, the three major baseball programs here who – host regionals on a pretty regular basis. Uh, those have been taken away from them. Look at Oxford and Starkville, for example, because I know for sure I'm sure the same thing's happening in Hattiesburg. With Ole Miss baseball, Mississippi State baseball, the athletic directors have both spoken out against the current state flag. Any baseball player that has chosen to speak about it has done the same thing. Leadership at the universities have done the same thing, and the universities themselves don't fly the flag anymore and haven't for years. So... 
I find it just incredibly unfair and wrong that now 18 to 21 year old kids who have nothing to do with why the flag is what it is and if anything they want it to be changed and the school they went to wants it to be changed and the school that they go to does not fly the freaking flag anymore and yet the NCAA from their high uh, mighty ivory tower in Indianapolis can say you know what forget you, we're going to punish the kids because that's who gets punished here. The, the kids and the baseball programs and the athletic departments and the schools that want this thing to be changed are now getting punished for something that they cannot in any way, shape, or form control. I cannot stand that. I, I know why they're doing it, but it, still, it sucks because it's not on the campus. Nobody on the campus wants it to be on their campus anymore, and yet they're the ones. If a change doesn't happen this week and it gets delayed and there's a vote and all that stuff, they'll get punished for it, and they can do nothing about it, and they agree with the NCAA, and they want it to change, and yet they're the ones that have to deal with it the most. It sucks from, from that standpoint, and, and it, it really pisses me off. It's just one of those situations where, you know, sometimes when you're in class, I think we made this this analogy that you know sometimes you've got you've got to punish the whole class even though only one kid is acting up. That's what's happening here. You know, the NCAA is basically saying that we don't see any. I think this is sort of a, a last resort. Well, it's not a last resort because there would be more to come. But this is where the NCAA is. They're, they're saying you know we've given you all this time to fix it. You haven't done it. So here's where we are. This is what we have. We feel like we have to do. It's because money at the end of the day is all that people understand sometimes. Yeah, and there, there are people that have, have kind of pointed out that, oh, you, you, you always come back to money on this. If the money goes away, so does everything else. Yeah, people, people are throwing out stuff like, you know, they should be students, and, and okay, well, I don't know about you, but those big buildings on your campus, they get paid for a lot of times by athletics. And before you say, oh, no, donors did this, donors did that, those donors are there because of athletics. There's not a whole lot of donors out there who just support the academic side of a university. For the most part, they support the athletic side. They let that side make the money, which goes into the university. Yeah, I don't 100% agree with that, but, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, generally speaking, you have foundations that are kind of split. There's an athletics foundation. It's called, what, Bulldog Club at Mississippi State? Is that right? Right. Right. That's correct. And, and then it's the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. But then there's a university foundation that exists separate. And sometimes there's overlap and crossover. I mean, you, you might have a donor who has an estate that has $100,000 in it or a million dollars in it. And they might say, look, I want you know half of it to go to the academic side and half of it to go to the athletic side. And then there's some kind of intermingling. A lot of people choose to donate to one side or the other. Um, but if, if you think a significant downturn in the revenues of athletics doesn't have an effect on the university as a whole, you're crazy. And, and Richard, do you have a study to prove that? Well, no, but I've got a study that, that goes the opposite way. And I know that's not always like how statistics and analysis work. But how many times have we read the story about the increased uh, enrollments at Alabama or Clemson or Auburn or what was the the basketball team that made a match, George Mason a few years ago, or Illinois... Uh, Maryland, the, Baltimore County had a huge yeah, uptick UNBC. in applications. Their applications explode based on success in sports. It's all tied together.
Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll do winners and losers next. There's one thing that I'm confused about. Hey, Dad, you're going to have to help me with this. I'll try. And, and maybe it's just people that are interested in sports and listen to this show, but they're not like diehard sports fans. I, I, I'm having trouble understanding the I don't care if they play another game people that text the show. It's a sports show. We all care if they play games. Don't we? I don't know how to make those two ideas dovetail. You got me, man. That I, I've been seeing those those well, texts. A lot of past. help you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I if I could help you, I would, friend. That just it doesn't make any sense, you know. My I, first I, I, thought I, is hey. hyperbole or just dis- yeah, outright I, well, dishonesty. Probably closer to the latter there, to be totally real with you, Borky. But it, it, it's it's a lot of you know people up in their feelings. Let's get up in our winning and losing feelings. We'll try to kind of have some fun with this and maybe take it a little bit uh, different direction. Probably won't be exclusively successful about that. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. If you're ready for a better phone, C Spire is here to help. Get up to $700 off top smartphones online when you trade in a device and add a new line. Plus, find options like same-day delivery and curbside pickup in select locations. Shop now at cspire.com. It is time right now for Winners and Losers. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. From the weekend, what did you like? What did you not like? You can text us yours on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Uh, You know where I'm going. It can't be Chelsea. Ah! That was my winner. Dang it. Now I have to go to Borky because now i got to think. Uh, tell me about Pulisic getting his goal. He did. Chelsea wins 2-1, came back uh, in the uh, 62nd minute to equalize with Pulisic and then Olivier Giroud with the uh, the game winner about five minutes after. Uh, Chelsea now just three points out of third place and securing a Champions League spot uh, for next season. Big game on, on uh, Thursday against Manchester City, who last I looked it was 5-0 over, over Burnley. Uh, they are completely healthy and playing the way that they should play, which is as one of the better teams in the league. Uh, if Liverpool wins on uh, Wednesday, uh, Chelsea beating Manchester City would give Liverpool the title. You excited? Man, I, I was so happy to watch them. And then, of course, they fell behind, and I was just thinking, why do I like sports? But then they came back to win, and uh, all was well with the world. Borky, give me a winner. Uh, the PGA Tour as a whole, another really good week and enjoyable, but in particular, I don't know if you saw it on Saturday, uh, Bubba Watson. So on 17 at Harbortown, where they played this past weekend, there's uh, an ocean back behind the green, and there's also a salt, salt marsh to the left. So uh, critters occasionally will find their way into the sand trap, and Bubba Watson hit his ball into the, the right bunker on 17, and as he's you know about to hit his shot, he notices a, a sand crab burrows underneath his ball. 
And so he backs up and, and calls a rules official over to figure out what he can do. And this is all caught on a hot mic because he says, look, we got we got so many problems right now. The last thing I want is the PGA Tour to have a crab problem. So can you please come tell me what to do? Because I don't want to hit this crab. <laughs> it ended up going away on its own. But Bubba called a rules official because he wanted to move this little sand crab because he knew, and you know this was going to happen too, somebody was going to be mad if Bubba went ahead and hit that shot knowing that there was a crab underneath his ball. Rory and had Randy a Johnson quip to go along with it, didn't he? Yeah, here's a black helicopter take. I think they uh, purposefully let some of those fly because the clips go viral, and that's very smart marketing. It's just, you know, tinfoil hat type stuff, but I think they're okay with it. Coverage was good. How about Webb Simpson shooting 22 under par and what, birdied 15, 16, 17 coming in? Wow. Yeah, and it was almost pitch black out when he did it, too. Yeah, he birdied, what, 12, 13, 15, 16, and 17. So he was five under in his last seven holes to uh, to win the tournament. Um, is that an easy golf course, Borky? Have you played it? You played Harbortown? Uh, it's not easy for me. But for, for guys like that, I mean, they're so accurate. It's The course is still held up okay. I mean, 22 is uh, tight. It's really tight. Uh, that's a better score than usual there. Uh, I mean, the wind wasn't blowing as hard as it can off the ocean sometimes. Uh, but... For guys that good, I mean, it's, what is it, 77,000 yards, 6,900 yards, 7,000 yards. Everything's real tight, but if you're really on, you can eat that course alive. Yeah. Well, they they, uh, they did that this uh, this weekend uh, without question. Um, I'm sure there were I, – I don't want to get into the whole Bubba Watson story. Uh, I'm sorry, not Bubba Watson, Bubba Wallace story right now from yesterday. We'll do that later on this afternoon. But what an incredibly unifying and powerful moment before the start of the Geico 500, which used to be called the Talladega 500. Uh, today in Talladega, they were por- forced to uh, to race this afternoon after uh, inclement weather yesterday. Uh, just the, the quick backdrop is NASCAR officials found a noose in the, uh, the 43 garage, which is the garage that houses uh, Bubba Wallace's car. Uh, he did not see it. Uh, there's now a federal investigation that's going on to that. Uh, the criticism of it was swift, as it should have been. Uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, pretty strong last night in saying that he was going to continue and he was going to go forward. But they had Bubba Wallace in his car, and his car was pushed up the track today with every single driver and every single crew member walking behind in unison of him and he got out of the car and they took kind of a big picture of everybody standing together that was a powerful moment to uh to start the race at uh, at talladega earlier today yeah and i don't know if you noticed did you see when when wallace got out of his car yeah he sat on the window and put his head on the yeah the roof of the I mean, car just, and just sat there and cried with Richard Petty walking up. Richard Petty's not been to a race since COVID-19. He came only there to be uh, supportive of Bubba Wallace today. And uh, as Bubba Wallace just had his head on the roof of the car, kind of sitting on the window with his car's, uh, his legs still in the driver's seat, put his head down, and uh, the emotion just kind of overcame him. And almost immediately, Richard Petty walked forward and put his hand on his shoulder and just stood there with him. It was, that's it's pretty darn strong right there. And have a feeling, as I'm sure you do as well, that there are going to be enough cameras around there to catch that person pretty swiftly. Mm, well, you hope you so. You think so. 
Any a, losers that have been? Or do we have any other winners? Any other winners winner. from the weekend? Okay. I got another winner. Uh, you just can't from today. say Chelsea twice. <laughs> now, this is a far more of a homer pick. Dak right. Prescott. Uh, it's obviously not the uh, the whole deal yet for him. He still wants to get that long term deal. But Dak Prescott's going to make thirty one million and some change this year. He signed his one year tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a basically, I think right as the show was coming on the air today. Uh, so still got uh, about 30 days, still a little bit less than 30 days, maybe 20 days, to get a long-term deal done. Otherwise, he'll play this year on that tender. But one way or the other, Dak Prescott's going to make $30 million this year. Yeah, what was it, 31.4, I think maybe was the, Something like uh, that. the number? Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought Adam Schefter's take on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt last night was pretty interesting. He said that we are in a time where – this type player at this position has basically never gotten all the way to unrestricted free agency. Now, a right. little hyperbolic there, but it almost never happens. Right. He said Dak Prescott can play on a franchise tag this year and make $31.5 million. He can play on the franchise tag again next year if he is so inclined and make $37 million. He has made enough money in his marketing agreements that – you know the the financial difference is not that big of a deal. He he set already was kind of the point that Adam Schefter was making, and then he can either do the massive deal with the Cowboys or just put himself on the open market. And it's given the fact that you're two years away from that possibility happening, with the new CBA in place and the new TV revenue numbers in place, the, the amount of money that he will be able to make two years from now if he just goes franchise-franchise for the next two years is hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. And he pointed out that he's betting on himself, as you've said many times, hey, Dad. Yeah, it's a gamble, but it's one Dak Prescott is going to try to win. I mean, one way or the other. Even if it, even if it doesn't pan out. He's making $30 million, $31 million this year, so he's set for life regardless at this point, but he's got a chance to make some ridiculous money uh, in the coming years. Pretty significant upgrade from, what, the four that he earned last year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, send us your winners and losers. We'll, we'll press pause on the uh, the other more serious conversation for a few minutes. A- anything from this Father's Day weekend that qualifies in the winners category for you? We'll get to those next on the C Spire text line at Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydon. Uh, what's your last name? Haydon. I don't know what's it. You I was tell me, to man. read and talk make... all at the same time. Haydon is something you'd hear in an Italian restaurant. I got Italian family. Oh, yeah. Yep. You want to just you want me to play the music and we can we can start over, yeah. Richard Kroos. <laughs> <laughs> there are probably some that would like Richard Kroos to come in and host this show instead of me. <laughs> All right, here's some music. Let's start over. Sports Talk Mississippi with you as we press the reset button 
on this Monday afternoon. Hope you had a great weekend. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. Ceasefire text line is open. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Winners and losers. That's what we're talking about from the, uh, the weekend. And I'm curious about Father's Day as uh, whether anybody would um, have some winners or losers from uh, from Father's Day. Here was one loser, Florida's governor, for opening the state too fast. He lowered our chances of an NBA season substantially. Did you see the huge spike in cases this weekend? Yeah, so aren't there, aren't there like dueling narratives with regard to what the numbers in Florida mean? Like, so, yes, there are more positives, but ICU cases and hospitalizations are down. That's right. So, so uh, of course, context is lost anymore when it comes to the reporting on that, but that's exactly right. So cases are up, way up. Uh, hospitalizations and deaths are continuing, continuing on a downward trend. So the virus is either less potent or they're treating it better. I don't know. But that th- both of those things are true. Cases, way up. ICU, hospitalizations, that kind of stuff, still trending in the, the correct direction. But yeah, I mean, so the NBA is now not forcing Disney's hand, but with further back and forth, because they're now a month away uh, from their preseason, air quotes, games. Uh, Toronto Toronto is is, in Florida right now. Did you see the... It was a good tweet. They said that Toronto has entered Florida. If they win, if they defend their championship, they won't leave for 130 days. Wow. Wow. Say that one more time. It, uh, I make sure I have it right. But if Toronto defends that, their championship, so if they go to the NBA Finals and win, because they're starting this week in Florida, they will be in Orlando in the bubble for 130 days. They're first. Huh. Other teams won't arrive. It'll depend. I think New Orleans will be there next week or the week after. Uh, but uh, they have go home sooner or just lose some games. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Washington, <laughs> Washington's sitting one of their best players, uh, Darius Bertans. I think that's how you say his name. He's like sixteen points per team. game. Uh, yeah, player. he's he's sitting. Um, well, I say he's sitting himself. I don't think they're sitting him. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. torn his ACL twice. He's got a big contract year coming up, and Washington's just not really going to try to win. Uh, so he's not even playing. But. Uh, the NBA has worked with Disney because the players didn't like the idea that they had to stay in the bubble, but Disney employee could clean their room, prepare their food, interact with them, and then leave and go home and do whatever they wanted. They didn't like that. So now it sounds like uh, Disney employees are going to be assigned to specific teams, and they will also have to participate in some kind of a bubble where they're tested when they go in and out and they're going to be more controlled than they were before because the players did not like that aspect. So even though Orlando and Florida's seeing an uptick, they're adding more restrictions on the bubble, and they're still pushing forward. Mm. You think the housekeeping people that have to stay in the bubble and don't get to leave will get an increased pay rate? You would hope so. You certainly would hope so. Uh, Let's see here. Richard and Wiggins says his wife for ordering him the number 43 shirt. Um, that was from uh, from last week, so that's cool. Uh, winner, my dad. Uh, you remember? Oh, do we have a name here? We had the uh, texter on Friday that sent us a picture of the ping pong table, or Gil. table tennis oh, I don't table. Re- Says right there. Who is it? Gil. Gil. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Reading comprehension and whatnot. Uh, said winner, my can't dad, read, for getting it and talk. loving Jeez. the ping pong table. Loser, me for losing to my brother in four straight games. All right. Jared sent us a uh, picture of his brother's cornhole game. 
Yeah, that guy's got some skills. Get... Did you play the video? Yeah. Oh. Under the leg! Bottom of the net. Well done. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, Nathan says that Brett Favre has to go on the loser's list. Compared the uh, stance that Colin Kaepernick had made in terms of courage to the decision that Pat Tillman made to leave the NFL to go serve in the United States Armed Forces. That was not received well by a lot of people. No. Not, not, not a take I would necessarily agree with. Um, James says he's on vacation at the beach. He says, we need to form our own conference and get out of the NCAA. I thought you were just going to stop it. You were on vacation at the beach, therefore you were a winner. Which would be accurate. Yeah, Robbie and Wesson says, winner me. Got a pellet grill for Father's Day. Smoked some ribs. Amazing. Nice. Some of the higher-end pellet grills are, are pretty incredible. Like, all you have to do is load the hopper, basically, and put your meat on, and you never have to go back outside and touch it until they're done. No. It's yeah. all Wi-Fi controlled and yeah, all, all digital that stuff. And Which yeah. is how some yeah. people want to grill, and there are other people that want to be much more involved in the process. I'm a big process guy myself. Keith Invaden says his wife, Emma, is a winner. They celebrated 39 years of marriage on Saturday. He said, you got to make a lot of touchdowns and hit a lot of home runs to keep a good woman like her. Good for you. Mr. West says, winner's my wife that cooked me a filet mignon wrapped in bacon with crawfish sauce. Go Chelsea. I like everything that man said. That wasn't Surely a word he was talking about his wife wrong. named Chelsea. <laughs> hey, you don't know that. He's a big soccer guy, Mr. West. Okay. But either way, it is good to see Captain America putting one in. Uh, the NCAA is on my loser list because of our state flag thingy. Oh, that it was just a thingy that we could just <laughs> brush off. I, I wish it was that. Well, he said thing. I, in fairness, oh, you said I took, so. I, I took I took a little literary license there and added the Y to the end of thing. He said the state flag the thing. I, I decided these uh, the shenanigans. State flag thingy. John in Oxford. Oh man, what a tough way to spend Father's Day weekend. He said my wife is on the winners list because she kept the kids all weekend while I was in my office finishing a research paper for postdoc. Oof. Well, maybe we should say congratulations for almost being done with your postdoc work, and certainly good on your wife. But we'll call you Doctor John when you when you get that. Ooh, it's only fair. Does he get to be called Doctor John, or do we have to call him something else? I mean, there's some that would argue there's quite literally only one Doctor John. Well, I would agree with that, but. Huh, Mr. Jeb. West says her name is Stephanie. Go Chelsea. Jeb says, it's Jeb. I'm on vacation at the beach with my dad and family, so we are winners. But how can we get regionals and NIT basketball games back in Mississippi? <laughs> that's the first time I've heard the NIT mentioned. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's such a rich tradition of it in this state. Great call, Jeb. NIT's... Owned by the NCAA now. I was about to say, I was about to be my question. I didn't know yeah, that that was the case. That's right. A few years back, the NCAA brought that under their umbrella. Well, then. 
Man, I can just see Jeb right now. He's got his shirt off. He's got his shorty shorts on, laid back on the beach, soaking in some rays, living life. Aren't you, Jeb? Man, thanks for listening. Enjoy your vacation. Loser list. Boy, I mean, you know, there's always a dissenter, regardless. Loser list, any man that got a pellet grill. See, process guy right there. I like that. Ooh. Winter, I spent Father's Day with my two kids sober. Attaboy. If if I may be completely candid here, I don't know if I'm supposed to say congratulations and keep up the good work, or I'm supposed to laugh that you were making a joke Uh, that you were actually uh, able to stay sober while keeping your kids. So... I, I, a little I'm clarity, a little context, here. sir. So, so, so forgive if there's any insensitivity. If this is something that you've been working toward and this was like kind of a milestone, good for you, man. Way to go. Congratulations. And if it was meant to be funny... <laughs> it was funny. Sorry, it was just a little chuckle there for you. Ah. <sighs> Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. There was a uh, winner, a surprise you didn't mention. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. What's that? Eli Manning. I was just saving that for the college football fix. Uh, As uh, young Michael Borky laid it out in the uh, the rundown today. I don't read that. <laughs> Borky, please keep sending it at least to me. No, I read it every day. I just, Even if I Hey Dad doesn't read it, I, I can I use didn't scroll a, down uh, that a far. copy of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's my understanding that uh, the legislature has adjourned until tomorrow. And there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. That's the truth. There is there is a lot that is happening behind the scenes. It is my understanding, just kind of based on some conversations from last week and from earlier today, that at least Mark Keenum and Glenn Boyce and maybe Rodney Bennett are all in Jackson trying to work with legislatures, trying to persuade uh, when and where necessary. It, you, you, regardless of where you fall on the issue, you understand how university presidents and leaders are looking at this. <laughs> I mean, regardless. Of that, so I'm, you know, there's some of you that have said you, you got to take your bias out of this. I, I don't know that it's possible to take bias out completely. You know, you believe what you believe, and that kind of shapes the way you you look at things. But some people said, look, you guys have got to report the news on this a little bit as well. Well, here's reporting the news. You get university presidents from at least the, those three schools and maybe more that are working feverishly behind the scenes with House leadership, with leadership on the Senate side, with the governor's office. That this This issue has everyone's attention. And oh, by the way, before Friday... As they try to wrap up the session, they're trying to make sure that they dole out the money in the proper way that they've got to remaining from the CARES Act that has to be 
disseminated by, what is it, November, I think? So it's not like this is the only issue that's going on in the Mississippi legislature right now. Also, this is an opinion platform. We had a couple of people text about how we shouldn't share our opinion. That is quite literally what talk radio is. Yeah, and, and we're a mix of that. I mean, we're a mix of news and opinions. Of course. And uh, hopefully that's what makes it fun. And listen, can I just raise my hand and say I'm at the front of the line of this? Of, I promise... I don't want to be talking about... Eh, okay, maybe I'm second in line. I think Haydad is driving the bus. He is the train conductor. He wants to not be talking about this. I got off the Joe Burrow train and on to this one. I was on the phone for 45 minutes this morning coming back from the grocery store with someone who is heavily involved in this thing and the way our conversation ended was can we please have games back? We can do a whole show on EPL. I watched a lot of games. You think? I could give you an hour. How can you guys be so fascist yet so libtard at the same time? I think he's joking. Oh, no, I, I, I realize. I was reading it because I thought it was funny. Oh, I had my most clever response to a... Uh, it's all about that balance. Jay said... Um, He's in Hattiesburg. He said, there have been reports of baby talk on Sports Talk Mississippi, and I need it to stop. Stop adding oh. Ys to the ends of words. <laughs> to which I responded, upset. Borky, you know how I responded? Okie dokie. Okie dokie. <laughs> there was a, uh, a local public... That was my most clever Twitter re- or uh, text response of the day. So far. There's still time. There whoa. Was- whoa, whoa, whoa. we got to go back to this real quick. Vance on the coast had a rockin' Father's Day. Winner, me. Wife got me lobsters flown in and put ribeyes on the grill and gave me AirPods to listen to you guys. Nice. You're living right. Vance had him a Father's Day himself. Had himself a Father's Day. You uh, you want to be part of the conversation? You can do so. Ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Bob Nightingale at USA Today's baseball writer uh, earlier today said the thirty eight member executive board of the players union have scheduled a meeting this afternoon to discuss the modified MLB's sixty game proposal. A formal formal vote we're, w- will be taken. Everything appears to be coming to a head today. MLB and the MLBPA are trying to see if they can reach a last-minute agreement on a 60-game season this afternoon, or Commissioner Rob Manfred will implement a 54-60 to game season. I've seen a few messages coming out that says they're still not quite there. It's a really important week for sports in general because uh, we mentioned the NBA a little while ago right they are uh, in their final stages of welcoming players in Uh, I think Wednesday is the final window where a player can opt out and and we just had a little bit of breaking news Uh, Trevor Ariza will not be going to Orlando 
and his reasons, actually, he's dealing with an unfortunate custody battle, and he has chosen to not go to Orlando in order to have a full month window uh, with his 12-year-old while they, they deal with that. So um, okay. they have until Wednesday to make that final decision. And then I think Thursday, transaction window starts a day after that, and then Friday um, they're going to start preparing for the season. So that means all the players are about to get tested, staff members are about to get tested, we're going to learn who has it, how many people have it, stuff like that. Uh, we're going to know who all has opted out or opted in by Wednesday, and this week is huge for the NBA. Same thing in hockey. Hockey's exploring uh, their their host city. They're really scared about the virus, and they've ruled out Chicago, for example. So hockey is making their decision. It seems like they're going to narrow down their point of restart or their place of restart this week. And now you have this baseball story. Uh, whether or not they're going to decide, this week seems like it's it, right? It's either going to be what the what they agree upon or what Rob Manfred forces on them. So baseball's got a big week, and now the PGA Tour just had a positive test on a guy that played. So we're about to find out that? when they go to their – was it – Oh, you're talking about Nick Watney? Yeah, Watney that, that withdrew. So he was a positive test, and he did play. So we're about to find out if that spread to any other player when they arrive at their new venue and start their – uh, next tournament this Thursday. So you have baseball, NBA, NHL, and PGA Tour all with like really important weeks this week. Yeah, three different uh, college teams also over the weekend report what three of them were in double digits uh, on, on 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 positive cases. Kansas State, LSU, and and I think we had already talked about Clemson. LSU. Thirty guys in quarantine. Guys, Is that what the story yeah. was? 30 I think that's going back to the you know they're talking about uh, if anybody's you know if you've ever been to Baton Rouge, you've ever taken in a game down there, you probably especially if you're a college kid went to Tigerland at least one time. There was a big crowd there uh, this past weekend, and it seems or maybe two weekends ago, and it seems like that has been a sort of a uh, a point of interest, I shall say, of of everybody getting positive results. Hmm. Does it feel like there is, as opposed to, I mean, negative momentum is not a word, but you understand what I'm trying to get at. As opposed to positive right. momentum, or which I guess is just redundant, as opposed to momentum, there's a little bit of regression. It felt like and, it a little bit. And you've got Iowa. I think Iowa today uh, decided to stop season ticket sales, and they're just sort of are where they are right now, and they're going to see where it takes them. But on the positive, if you want positive, it's June 22nd. There's still time. At the end of the day, they can make this decision in mid-August. And it, it'll be inconvenient for some, but it can still happen. Yeah. Borky, do you have a thought on that? I mean, does it feel like there's regression? It does do, feel do like there's feel regression in the momentum. But I was going to say, do you feel less confident today than you did three weeks ago? I do. Yeah, I do. It's not about starting in September. It's about playing in November is where I'm, I'm less confident. Because college kids are going to be college kids unless you force them into a bubble, which we've talked about the optics and, and otherwise about that. I mean, are you really going to convince Johnny Quarterback that you cannot see your girlfriend uh, at the Cayo house for the next three months? No. Are you really going to tell 85 football players that you cannot go to a single party all semester? Even if you tell them that, they're not going to do it. 
And so if something happens like what happened with LSU, if that happens in September, you can't put them on the field with 30 fewer guys, can you? Right. It's that's what I'm afraid of now. I mean, is, I, I'm all for that idea. Oh yeah, me too. Yes, <laughs> Ole Miss or Mississippi State, October 24th, make it happen. <laughs> but that has worried me now. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap up the four o'clock hour with you after a quick timeout. Talking about momentum versus regression as it pertains to the college football season. You remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the positive news out of the state of Texas about stadium capacities being at 50% for games. We thought that maybe that was a positive uh, development toward Ole Miss and Baylor in the season opener. Today, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, said in the past few days we've averaged more than 3,500 new cases a day and our positivity rate has gone to more than 9% now. To state the obvious, COVID-19 is now spreading at an unacceptable rate in Texas. So... Yeah, you're seeing mask – I was about to say mask bans, but it's quite literally the opposite. Um, mask ordinances popping up all over where uh, cities say uh, you can't enter a building uh, of any kind outside of your home, obviously, uh, without having a mask on, and they think that that will circumvent the spread, although it's being met with opposition, as you can imagine. Yeah. It is. And, you know, we – poke some jokes not really jokes i just you know some frustration that goes along with that in oxford i mean the mask ordinance has been in place since the reopening process started and there are a whole lot more places that are moving in that direction as opposed to the uh, the opposite direction so i it will, was uh, i'm sorry i, I made no, a, an observation on friday night so my wife and i went out to eat for really the first real date that we've had since coronavirus happened and I sat there, like they seated us, and, and I, I got a beer, and, and our food was on the way, and I looked around, and I thought, you know, when you're not online or in front of a TV, life seems pretty good. Like, there were people with masks and stuff, and the restaurant had to take their precautions, and the tables were separated. In fact, we had to eat. It's a restaurant that's within what is an old high school. So we had to eat in, in the hallway, basically. So everything was really spread out. And everybody that worked with us had a mask on. But still, like when you looked around, it was people laughing. Table next to us of, of black people. And, and we interacted. And just everything felt really normal and like real. And then you pull up Twitter and the world's burning down. I don't know what I'm trying to say other than when I put the phone down and when I got away from the news, people seemed really happy to be around each other and interact with each other. And it felt really good and normal. We, we fall yeah. into the, the trap of, of social media becoming an echo chamber. That, you, know, you spend all day on Twitter, and you see all these people's opinions, and then you go out in the real world, and that's not what everybody is. You know, my, Especially when you consider you know, who it is that we follow. We follow a lot of people who live in big cities, uh, who, who, you know, who, you know, for lack of a better word, some of them are left-leaning people, and, and that's just the way that they do. That's just how they feel. And I don't have a problem with that. They're certainly entitled to their opinion. But then you go here in small town Mississippi, and it's just it's just different. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, the, the the news leads you to believe one thing, and your eyes tend to believe make you believe another thing. And you know, you kind of have to decide which you're going to trust. 
And sometimes both can be true, or at least a little true. Um, Ryan Blaney currently leading at uh, Talladega. They are in lap 92 of 188. Joey Logano is in second. Brad Keselowski is in third. Uh, and by the way, Bubba Wallace currently running fifth, the 43 car. What a story that would be if if he were to end up winning this race. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the emotions that would go along with that? Whew. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah. Has he won yet? I don't believe so, right? Borky, I don't know the answer to that. You're going to have to look it up. I'm doing the quick Google thing. I, I, I Maybe I'm wrong. We need to get Gary in here. I, I don't think that... Um, no, no wins. Six top tens, no wins uh, in the, the the Cup Series. So imagine this day being the first one. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Great news for snacks. Last night, take us back, Borky. Take us back to the end of the basketball season. <laughs> Jackson State men's basketball manager Snacks wins oh, do we an have SP- the audio. We don't have time to play the ah. audio, but but we I, we can certainly play it if we want to. Richard, you are off uh, the the day after I believe that happened, and we played the entire six minutes at, like after he went in until he made the shot. <laughs> Snacks didn't need the ESPY. The two announcers needed the ESPY. They were hilarious. I, I was sitting here having a hard time breathing. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we were crying on that one. It was fantastic. He steps on the court. One of them goes, that's a big old boy, huh? <laughs> Snacks won the can't stop watching moment category during Sunday night's ESPY Awards. It is the university, Jackson State University's first ESPY Snacks told Clarion Ledger today, it makes me feel good. Anytime I can bring good publicity to the program, it's a blessing. Uh, in terms of watching the virtual award show last night, he said it was high energy in here. Everyone was into it. Everyone was excited, so it was definitely a special moment. A little bit of a bummer that uh, it couldn't be the real ESPYs with Snacks on the red carpet and then getting to go to the stage to uh, receive his award. That would have been cool. College football fix coming up next. This is Sports Talk. This is sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Text line 601-879-4395. Disappointment from one listener. Although not for the reason uh, you might expect. Ceasefire text line is open 601-879-4395. Upgrade your anywhere office with Microsoft Teams from Ceasefire Business. 
Their experts can equip your organization to chat, meet, call, and collaborate from anywhere on one easy-to-use platform. Find the right plan for you at cspire.com slash business. Tech said, well, there went the one hour that I can listen, four to five. Not a single conversation about Kylan Hill. Give it at least ten minutes an hour to the biggest Mississippi sports story, please. Yeah, we probably should have circled back that to that in the uh, four o'clock hour. I, I apologize. We went four or a, an hour solid at the uh, the beginning of the show, and uh, pretty heated. And there were some people on the opposite side of that were like, "Please talk about something else." Here's one thing I've learned today: don't listen to the first half hour. RC will be over talking down to people in his rant at every text that disagrees with him. Okay. Yeah. Never got a name, by the way, from that uh, one racist. gentleman That's in particular. Yeah. The word you're looking for is we never got a name from that racist. Yeah. The one who challenged you that you wouldn't read his, his text on the air, who uh, said that anonymously and then will not even. And of course, you know, as we know from Twitter, it's not like, I mean, he could have just sent us like, I'm Bob from Boca Chitta. I mean, it, we wouldn't have known, but. Well, somebody whose mind works like his does isn't even creative enough to come up with even a fake name. They just don't have the mental capacity to have um, normal, rational thought. So, I hear you. I got a question on the ceasefire text line. He says, Richard, after your talks with legislature members since Friday, are you more or less confident that change could happen this week? It's a great question. I was really disheartened. And disheartened, maybe that's not the right word. I was discouraged after our conversation with Speaker Gunn on Friday. Not because of anything he said with regard to his stance or what he believes should happen. Because he's, for years now, been very much uh, in the pro-it's-time-to-change-the-flag category. But as he discussed some of the um, mechanisms that have to be in place or just kind of the process that has to be in place to, uh, to, to get something like this through Congress, I'm sorry, through the legislature in a really short period of time, I did not walk away from that conversation as encouraged as uh, I wanted to be. I've had some conversations today that were slightly more encouraging. I think there is... uh, Look, I'm not making an excuse for anybody in the legislature right now. But these men and women have a lot on their plate. And while I could make the argument or you could make the argument that there is nothing that is more important right now than this discussion about the flag, there are things that are also extremely important that have to be done before they can bring the session to an end, as is planned, on Friday. 
And I mentioned earlier, part of that is that there's several hundred million dollars of CARES Act money that still has to be allocated by the legislature. And we remember that debate as to whether or not it was the legislature's job or the governor's job. And, you know, that was was a good, healthy debate as well. And uh, the legislature has the responsibility to do that. And so that has to happen. There's some other business that they've got to bring to a close. And, you know, the biggest hot-button topic going right now is the fact that they've got to um, they've got to deal with this issue of the flag. And some want to just leave it to the people to decide, and there's some who are saying, no, the job of elected officials is to make difficult decisions, and so they've got to decide. And there's a lot of vote wrangling that's going on, whipping, if you want to uh, use the political term, you know, trying to whip the votes in one direction or another, trying to really understand what they have the votes to be able to do. But yeah, I mean, I, I think these conversations are going on. I, I had a text conversation with uh, an elected official earlier today where I asked, I was like, okay, what's happening? And he sent me an answer. I said, okay, that's the... Um, that's a very political answer. Now, what's really going on? And he said, we're working on it. <laughs> so that was at least uh, a little more encouraging. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's circle back, and uh, we'll, we'll roll a couple of things into the, uh, the college football fix, and we will do that right now. Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out about the great deals that are going on the entire line of Ford vehicles. Savings that are out there. Test drive, oh, the Explorer or maybe the Expedition or maybe the F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. You can do it today or tomorrow or any day this week. Great deals to be had on Ford's entire lineup. I suppose the uh, the biggest story, uh, certainly in the state of Mississippi today, is uh, what the aforementioned texter uh, brought up. The tweet from Kylan Hill that certainly has really big ramifications on a whole bunch of levels. So the governor, uh, t- timestamp on this was six hours ago, so about 11 o'clock this morning, Uh, tweeted over the weekend there has been a proposal floating amongst some in the legislature to create a second Mississippi flag. Let's call it the, quote, separate but equal, close quote, flag option. While well-intentioned, I'm sure it does not meet the threshold. And then there was some more wording in kind of a, a note that was attached to the tweet. As an aside, and and. To his credit, the governor is not the first person to use the phrase separate but equal with regard to the multiple flag option. In the pantheon of terrible ideas, using separate but equal to describe a two-flag system in the state of Mississippi, uh, if it's not the gold medalist, it's certainly on the medal stand. Kylan Hill, though, again, that was an aside. Kylan Hill tweeted four hours ago, so about uh, 1 o'clock today. Either change the flag or I won't be representing this state anymore. And I mean that. I'm tired. And in terms of responses and Twitter engagement, almost 10,000 likes, 2,500 retweets, and 610 comments. 
He has teammates that have been uh, very much offering their support of the statement that he made and maybe are even in solidarity with him. And then, as you would expect, there are also many, many detractors to the uh, the tweet that he had earlier today. But it has generated a ton of reaction. And it's a, a huge deal. And, hey, Dad, we talked some earlier today about the implications. Just from a football standpoint... Can you do wins over uh, wins against replacement for Kylan Hill? Ooh, that's a. I'm not, I'm not I'm not the best sabermetrician in the world, uh, but it's even in this air raid offense, he is projected to be a huge part of it. He is probably projected to carry the ball to to touch the ball. We shall say, a combined 200 plus times. So you got to find somebody else to get those. The first guy on the list would be a true freshman. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't do give you an exact number, but you definitely are going to lose at least one or two games that you weren't going to lose previous without Kylan Hill. So, so you think it's a multiple game swing in the win loss record if Kylan Hill does not play for Mississippi State? I mean, that feels right to me. Yeah. Hmm. Cole Kubelik uh, tweeted over the weekend his top running backs in the SEC list. He had Kylan uh, Kylan Hill number one on that list. And it certainly would be a uh, a big deal. We'll get to another college football story. This is a uh, a fun one. Good news, at least if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think. We'll uh, give that to you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, that was your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. 15 laps in at Talladega. Six laps to go in stage number two. They are under their fourth caution. There was a piece of metal that got loose on the track that they have just cleared. Ryan Blaney uh, leading the race. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. followed by Keselowski. Kyle Busch, Bell, Joey Logano is sixth. Uh, currently Bubba Wallace is running ninth. Austin Dillon at uh, at ten. Pretty, uh, pretty good field they've got going there at uh, Talladega. Five laps to go in stage number two. And again, they are currently under caution, but this is going to be a short caution period. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad with you on this Monday. Uh, Ole Miss football released a, uh, a video where Keith Carter went to the home of Eli Manning. Archie and Olivia were there. I think Cooper and his wife uh, were there. Uh, kids were there. And um, they told Eli that they were going to retire his number 10 jersey number during the 2020 season. Uh, Eli Manning will be the third player in Ole Miss's football history to have his uh, number retired, joining his dad, Archie Manning, and Chucky Mullins. So numbers 18 and 38 have been retired. The release does say his jersey, well, it says his jersey number. So you retiring the jersey or the number? Well, because yeah, you've got me confused. An Ole Miss player wears thirty-eight every year, right? Yes. So they retired Chucky Mullins' jersey, but the number has been worn um, in successive years as part right. of the Chucky Mullins Courage Award. Right, right, right. 
I knew that. I, I didn't know. I don't, I, so I don't know what the difference is here. One is eliminating the use of the number forever. The other one is just hanging the number from somewhere special in the stadium. Okay, so, so it's not really retiring the jersey so much as they're going to honor him with a special place in the stadium. So yeah. last year so, they didn't have an 18, though. No, I don't think 18 is worn. Okay, so this, I mean, they might take away 10 then. I think there's a guy that's wearing 10 right now, isn't there? There is, but who's more important? <laughs> Who is it? It's John Rice Plumley. Uh, I, I think it's John Rice Plumley. <laughs> I don't. I don't know Plumley's number. I know. I mean, he's. What I was saying is, the the Manning variety is more important than the Plumley variety right now. You know every jot and tittle of his recruiting story, but not his current number. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about Plumley's recruitment because he committed to Georgia so early. I didn't follow him. Yeah, I'm messing with you. Um, regardless, so uh, an honor of Eli Manning, four year letter winner, two thousand to two thousand three. Maxwell Trophy winner in 2003, which is the award that's given to the best all-around player in college football. Set or tied 47 Ole Miss single-game season and career records. Highest pick in program history after being selected number one in the 2004 draft. Archie was the number two pick of the Saints back in 1971. Eli finished third in the 2003 Heisman Trophy ballot uh, following his senior season. Finished his career at Ole Miss with a school record 10,119 career passing yards, 81 career touchdown passes, set new Ole Miss career records for completions and passing attempts. Uh, Both marks ranked fourth on the SEC career lists at the 10. Also recorded the lowest percentage of interceptions thrown at Ole Miss in a career uh, passer efficiency rating of 137.7. He completed almost 61% of his passes, and that tied the Ole Miss career record that was uh, set by Stuart Patridge and set career records for consecutive games with a touchdown pass, 16 of them, consecutive 200-yard passing games, and consecutive 250-yard passing games as uh, as well. In addition to the Maxwell Trophy, Eli Manning won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and was named All-America by multiple outlets after throwing for 3,600 yards and 29 touchdowns in his senior year. Offensive player of the year in the SEC, 10-3 and with a win over Oklahoma State in the 2004 Cotton Bowl. Uh, certainly a well-deserved honor. And do you like the idea of waiting until guys' pro careers come to an end before doing that sort of an honor? I do. I do. Yeah, because I mean, probably also makes it easier for him to get back for a uh, ceremony during the season, which, by the way, is supposed to happen when Ole Miss hosts Auburn. If they play the games, uh, want want. I I feel like I had to be the guy this time. You guys have already done that. Yeah, I I do think that that's it's better to get them at at the end of their pro career. Yep, I agree. I agree with that. State doesn't do that. So state the state doesn't have any numbers. They, they they don't they don't have like players numbers up there. They have players now. They, they do the Ring of Honor, but they don't have anybody's number. Is it because nobody has quite gotten to that level of prominence or significance? That's a good question. You know, I mean, I know people are going to get on to you for that, but you you know. You got a no, point I, there. No, I didn't mean it that way. Like, no, no, I mean, no. But I, prior I know what you're to saying. Dak Prescott, I mean, he's the that's argument what, that's that why you, you would wonder go to a if, number. 
if you wonder if, like, in, you know, 10, 15 years, if 15 gets retired. 15 is such an interesting number at State, by the way. That's Dak, Jake, and Tierra McCowan all wore 15. They should retire it for, hmm. for all sports. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't mean that as a slight at all. I mean, there I know you did. Players. I know you didn't. I'm saying that there are people who will think you did. Yeah. Well, of course. So I was I was I was defending you. Yeah. So you know, and state of course has a you know, had Kiefer McGee's number that they didn't give out for a long, long time, but Nick Gibson wore it the past two years. He wore twenty one, so I, I think thirty six is back in the rotation too, which was Nick Bell's number. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, anybody else in Mississippi State history that's not currently in the ring of honor or in that conversation that should be? Oh there? yeah, I mean yeah, because they you know they they just started it uh, not long ago. Um, like off the top of my head, and of course you've got some guys. There's a ton of guys in the NFL right now that will get there. Fletcher Cox will be there. Dak will be there. Um, but as far as older players, if Chris JJ Jones' Johnson, career continues on the exactly. trajectory it's on. Jeff Simmons, same way. Uh, I would think JJ Johnson could be put there. Um, I don't know if Smoot's there yet or not. I don't. I don't recall. I know Walt Harris is up there. there but is Molds but yeah, in there's it already. Molds is in it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there, there's, there's plenty of guys for Ole Miss. in there. So this is only the the third. Jersey retired in Ole Miss history. The other two are, are Chucky Mullins, and it was because of you know a way to honor him forever. And then Archie Manning, and now Eli Manning. Um, Deuce McAllister. Yep, there's what, one. Don't have problem with that. Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis. Early retirement aside, he was the best linebacker in the NFL for almost a decade. Yeah. Um. And for about half that time, played again uh, uh, alongside maybe the second best. Yeah, seriously. But you also have so many of you know the older players, guys like Charlie Connerly and and Jake Gibbs and and Bruiser Kennard and those guys. So you know, Ole Miss they used to have, and I don't know if they have it anymore because the last couple times I haven't noticed, they used to have murals and 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 banners of their their All Americans throughout the concourse. I don't know if that's still the case. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the concourse requires implosion anyway. But that's a conversation for a <laughs> that's different a conversation day. for another day. Conference USA has officially banned championship events in the state of Mississippi over the state's continued use of the Confederate battle flag in its state's banner, as they call it. CUSA joined the SEC and the NCAA in issuing such bans, which come in the wake of controversy over Confederate imagery and memorials across the country. There is a full statement that comes from Judy McLeod, the commissioner of Conference USA. She says, CUSA Board of Directors approved the prohibition of all conference championship events in the state of Mississippi until the Confederate emblem is removed from the state flag. Southern Miss is the lone Mississippi school in Conference USA. They have hosted a number of conference championship events. The last three uh, Conference USA baseball tournaments have been played at MGM Park for the five uh, Tournaments before that uh, were played at Pete Taylor Park in uh, all-time. Southern Miss has hosted the Conference Baseball Tournament 11 times. And uh, Conference USA also holds its football championship game at campus sites. Therefore, Southern Miss could now not host the Conference Football Championship game, even if it's on-field performance meriting 
uh, merited doing just that. Just another hit. I mean, I, we have had people text us on this show. I had uh, people text me yesterday using the word extortion. And, and maybe you can call it that. It, I, I'm not going to argue whether or not it is extortion, but it, they are well within their right to do it. And no amount of screaming about extortion is going to change the fact that here's another entity that has taken away a moneymaker from the state because of that flag. And maybe that's motivation for people to say, screw you, you're not telling me what to do, I'm keeping it. But this is real and this is well within their ability to do it, and they're not going to stop. It's not stopping here. And um, you just you hate to see that happen to people who work hard to put on these events and we're out of time here, but the future events that could happen in this state that haven't been able to. Sports Talk Mississippi, half an hour left with you on this Monday. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. All right, baseball said no. Oh, but they said when or, and or where. Was that during a break? Say again. Uh, well, we haven't gotten there yet on the show, but 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 they said tell us when and where, and, and then uh, suddenly that's not good enough either. Look, the owners are to blame, almost fully, but almost. Major League Baseball Players Association's executive board on Monday voted to reject MLB's 60-game offer with expanded playoffs, putting Commissioner Rob Manfred in position to unilaterally implement a schedule of his choosing likely between 50 and 60 games. The vote was 33-5 to against. That's what ESPN or sources told ESPN's Jeff Passan and Jesse Rogers. Uh, In a statement, the union said the MLBPA executive board met multiple times in recent days to assess the status of our effort to resume the 2020 season. Earlier this evening, the full board reaffirmed the players' eagerness to return to work as soon and as safely as possible. To that end, we anticipate finalizing a comprehensive set of health and safety protocols with Major League Baseball in the coming days, and we await word from the league on the resumption of spring training camps and a proposed 2020 schedule. While we had hoped to reach a revised back-to-work agreement with the league, the players remain fully committed to proceeding under our current agreement and getting back on the field for the fans, for the game, and for each other. I don't a lot of soccer this weekend. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of feels like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah, Bill, that's yes. You think, yeah, kind of, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of things that that stay in play for the players by rejecting the proposal. They retain their right to grieve the terms of the late March agreement between the two sides. After spring training was shut down due to coronavirus, the league and the players agreed that when play picked up again, players would be paid on a prorated basis, but also that they would discuss the economic feasibility of playing without fans in the stands. Players Association says that discussion has nothing to do with their pay. That disagreement has led to weeks of acrimony. By the way, 
Apparently it would take only eight owners voting against the restart to shut the season down altogether. Ooh, then they're not playing. Yeah, it feels like huh? they would. Unless there's just going to be some sort of you know, come-to-Jesus moment where the commissioner says, if you do this, you, I don't know what he can do to them, but I'm just saying. But that said, yeah, if they don't have that, then they're not playing baseball this year. If they only need eight. That's 25%. Well, right. you had one owner of what – I mean, you mentioned all the time that baseball nationally is, is just dwindling. Interest is just not there nationally anymore. But there are pockets of really passionate, devout, large for, uh, franchises, St. Louis being one, and the owner of the Cardinals said, you know, baseball's really not that profitable. Yeah, but I don't think the owner of the Cardinals wants to be one of the guys that goes, you know what, don't play the season. Maybe not, but if – the owner of one of those teams that is in a market where they just love their baseball team, don't don't worry about asking them. They'll tell you. Uh, he says that. Where do you think the ownership group of the Miami Marlins is going to vote? Oh, yeah, I can see some small market teams going, it's, it's not worth it. Tampa? I mean, are they going to vote? But again, you got to have eight of them. I mean, if Tampa and Miami and Pittsburgh, Don't yeah, but it's like anything else in these leagues, right? But they all have like they have their friends. And remember, when we were talking about the uh, the Rams and the Chargers and all that. And Jerry Jones sort of controls a block of votes in the NFL. There's got to be there are going to be owners in the NFL or the or an MLB who have a block who will all work in lockstep. And if it's four of them, then you just got to find four more. Man, I don't even know what to say. At this point, if they play, are you going to be excited about it? It's tough. I mean, I, I'll watch, you know, and because it it could be a season where anything happens and you, and you end up with, you know, a, a team that you did would have, you know, 162-game season would have no chance of winning a World Series, getting one. So that could be interesting. But, I mean, I don't know. I would have been. What do you mean? Oh, um, you mean if they had played when nothing else was going on? If they'd have negotiated in, in good faith, or at least not publicly, and put it season on in reasonable time, I would have been thrilled for it. And now that's gone. I mean, even when they come back, they're going to be coming back around the same time as the NBA restarting. And it's different for most people in this state, but especially with the way things shook out, I found the one I care about more and, and that I will consume more. And then football begins and football takes precedent and then baseball just falls. I mean, it, they will be an afterthought. Nobody's going to pay attention or care. Complete, we've said this for weeks now, but now it's becoming more real. Blown opportunity doesn't come close to describing what they had and, and what's going to happen to them. A failure at, at every level a complete blown opportunity, and now they're entering a year where there's going to be another wage dispute. It's, it is a disaster for baseball, just an absolute disaster. Do you want to know what on this day in an alternate universe might look like? Sure. You sure? No. Yeah. Tonight, 
would be game one of the College World Series Finals uh, from TD Ameritrade. Who knows? Could Mississippi State have been for the second time in a decade, a little under a decade, been playing for a national championship? Two out of three to carry off a trophy. Could Ole Miss for the first time in uh, ever have been playing for a national championship? Would both of those teams have gotten there? Would either of them have gotten there? Could they have been playing each other? Could they have been playing each other? He just thought the the phone line, the text line was contentious today. Let State and Ole Miss play for a baseball national title. We won't be able to read any of those texts. Currently Maybe next year we'll 78 get them. degrees and partly cloudy in Omaha. Oh, man. Uh, lame. Hmm. Well, maybe next year we'll get them together in a super regional in Memphis. Feels like Hoover's the more likely choice there. I bet the Does Birmingham it? area would love. Oh, they would love fifteen thousand you know, Ole Miss and State fans invading you, Hoover. You're just having to make an assumption that the Redbirds are out of town the weekend of the regionals and super regionals and stuff. Ah. well, there's a couple of options there at least. Yeah. And hey, you can make it really fun and, and go down to New Orleans. They don't have a team there anymore, but they got a nice ballpark. Play it there. I'll cover that. I'll cover that. Yeah, no, we, no complaints. We could set up shop down there, buddy. I don't th- know that that's necessarily ideal for um, putting ten thousand people in the stands. That'd be all right. I don't know. Maybe. Uh yeah, thunderstorms. Um, in Omaha on the way at 6 and then at 7. Looks like by about 8 o'clock might would have had a late start to game 1 of the championship series. McLeod versus Nikhazy. Oh, I'm making myself sad just thinking about it, man. For the second time this year? Yeah. Hmm. Didn't McLeod throw a no-hitter but, or sorry, Nikhazy threw a no-hitter but lost. No, he didn't lose. Yes, he did. Do what? I think we're when jumping we did the, when we recreated that when weekend. We did, when we did the recreation, you, you jumped on that, and I was like, yeah, it's a hell of a thing that he lost the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll I get ahead of you on that one. eat at the rendezvous uh, before we watch that matchup next year. We're not eating at the rendezvous. We're not tourists. Oh, come on. Rendezvous's good. It's it okay. Good. Don't be that guy. It's okay. There are better Good. options. We'll go to Central then. Central's okay. There aren't there aren't better options within walking distance of AutoZone Park. I'll grant you that. You can go check out the zoo too if you got kids. Great zoo up there. It is really nice. You got the polar bears. Not a big zoo guy. Been a few times. Just don't love it. Is that wrong? No. Wrong well, it's that. America, man. You can like what you like. I'm aquarium over zoo, but I like them both. We will wrap you know up. I like aquariums. They're indoors. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to Gatlinburg and go to the uh, the aquarium in Gatlinburg. I will. Do they have a baseball field? Uh, I have to get back to you on that. I know teams looking for a regional spot. 
Talk, Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.